topic today is building a base of Knesset, building a shul. Uh, the sixth parsha, the Pusik says, Vasili Mikdosh. And uh, the, the, the Zaira says that this Pusik Vasili Mikdosh is not only referring to a base of Mikdosh, but it's referring to an, even a Mikdash Ma'at, even the base of Knesses. So Beit is called the Mikdash. And therefore, a person with Mikhaim, the Mitzvah of Vasili Mikdosh, and a person with Bola Beit Knesses. Um, Interestingly enough, there's actually a sheet that holds there's an Isser in Parshas Re'eh of talks about destroying the Mizbeach of Vodazorah. It says, You cannot do the same to Hashem. So the Chazal Darshan, there's an, from that, there's an Isser to be noitates in heaven from the Mizbeach, to, to, to Take any uh, take any damage that he's back in the base of Mikdash. There's going to be a lav in the Torah. It was part of this of Losas and Cain, which is also the the same source of the Yisur of the shrine. Anything written in the Shem's name, it's also because it says be about the Mishmam Losas and Cain. Mitatemus mizbechesayem Losas and Cain. Don't make a whole list of how you destroy the Vodasara. Don't do that to Hashem. So there's a prima god which brings a sheet that says when a person has an opportunity to build and he doesn't he doesn't take advantage of that he prevents other people from building he has a equivalent status of if it's, if it's, as if he destroyed and is over this or of the titza b'shev al-tasa you're keeping over b'shev al-tasa you're transgressing by not doing not by doing so you don't you don't get punished by that but the level of Isser is moves up not clarify, does he get in the way or he just doesn't support it he doesn't support it therefore they don't build you know, let's say he so he doesn't a, give money and he had money right if he had an opportunity to be, be if, if he would have been able to facilitate that he doesn't do so mm-hmm. so he's zapped with a uh, Isser of as if he's destroyed mm-hmm. wait at what point does he get like the responsibility to be so, so the responsibility so the, the, the halacha says that if you you have a city which has no shul in it, there's a responsibility to build a a, a shul, and the members of the city have a power that there's authority to force everybody to join. So everybody has to join in to build to to, to help with the building. Uh, we'll discuss exactly how you divide that in a second. Um, if there's already a shul in the town, the question is building a second shul. Um, so it gets a little more sticky. So if that's going to cause divisiveness and division in the city then we don't encourage that if they're already divided and etc this is if anything is going to help create peace because at least we'll get the two groups away from each other then we do encourage that if it's a large city already and so um, by building another shul in a different part of the town you'll facilitate more people coming to davening because it'll be closer etc so we encourage that as well so that would be, uh, even though theoretically everybody can still fit into the main shul, mm-hmm. but if you can build it in a different neighborhood and that'll facilitate more people coming to davening, it goes back into this responsibility to build. Okay. How do you divide the responsibility? So um, there really are two ways to build a shul. There's the basic way to build a shul, you know, to speak to the Avatari guys, right? Mm-hmm. Right? They, uh, and then there is a, there's an union of hitter to make it look beautiful. So the basic amount everybody has responsibilities and we divide that not according to a person's financial ability but according everybody has to give something we divide that equally amongst all people that which people which are more wealthy would like to make the show look nicer that you divide according to financial ability so the people who, who have more money have more responsibility to give etc so um, we divide it sometime partially the fee nefashas according to the amount of people partially the fee moment according, according to the amount of money that people have 
Um, if However, that halacha, if you're, you're building beyond the basic amount and you're using this power of, of, of authority to actually collect from people against their will, make them, make them pay, collect them against the will for part that is beyond the basic amount of money they need, it's considered gzela, actually, to take the money from them. Because you can't force them to contribute that. They say, we don't need the fancier type of show. So this money presumably comes out of somebody's Meister account. How does that fall within the Meister priority? Does this all of a sudden leap over the other mm-hmm. near-term family priorities? So, uh, in general, it does not stock, it, mm-hmm. it does not override stock up, but it is it is a fee. Um, mm-hmm. It does... It, 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 well, it, it's not... Any situation of stock will override it. There's definitely, in the hierarchy of things, this is part of your financial responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Um, the Once you can... The, the halacha says that the status of a base of medrash, where people learn, has a higher level of kedusha than the status of a base of nesses, where people don't learn there. Or if they, they learn there, but not on a regular basis, they'll have, a, let's say, an hour in the morning, an hour at night, as opposed to it's used constantly throughout the day. So the level of a base of medrash is a higher level of kedusha. And the assumption of halacha is if I can force you to build a base of nesses, I can therefore also force you to build a base of medrash. You can do both in one shot, but if for whatever reason that wasn't done, it's not it's not working. So you would have a, you you could force them to build a base of medrash as well. Um, you could also you get responsibility about purchasing swarm, which are necessary to be able to learn from. Also, as part of the authority which we have. So now nowadays we don't have a kahila uh, structure which allows us to force people to pay. So it's going to be done based on people's uh, goodwill. Uh, you can you can shepherd them as much as you want, but you can't you can't actually. But they they actually have the authority. They would actually go collect money. They would use. It's like the IRS is coming. You know, so I don't want to pay. That's very nice, but you're going to take your, we're going to take from you whether you like it or not. So when it was they, a full. How they know how much money each person had. Like, um, they they were pretty good at it, yeah. <laughs> like, um, there are various proxies you can consider. Hmm. You know, they lived. In, they lived in a village. You know, they know every, everybody knew about every, mm-hmm. everything about everybody. So, uh, okay. So, um, can you accept donations from non-Jews for the purpose of building the show? And the answer is yes. You can accept, but interestingly enough, but a person who is a mummer to Mechal Shabbos means he knowingly knows that it's prohibited to keep to transgress Shabbos and does so anyway the halacha says you cannot take from him uh, the question nowadays we can be confer the status of people which are not, they don't really understand the ideas etc but, but living in a uh, go back 20 years ago everybody knew about Shabbos and there's people who chose against the halacha not to keep Shabbos those you will not accept donations from a reason there a pasuk in Ezra, I think it is, says "Lo lachem v'lanu liyvnos ba'is lachem alokin," something to that effect. That's referring to over there the Shomronim, um, and um, the, the the issue over there was more a question of not only a question of they were first of all, what their status was other Jewish or not. That's questionable because they were even Jewish. Mm-hmm. Uh, their Gerus was a Geriemis. We possibly know Geriemis, but uh, the problem was that they were. The fact that they were Jewish made it worse. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, there is a chuba from uh, Saver Kalkinian Torah, Kenyan Torah which he says that if, however, you have a person who 
sometimes people donate money because they want to swash their guilt. You know, uh, okay, you know, listen, I don't keep the mitzvahs, but as long as I, as long as I contribute to the synagogue, I'm okay, right? So he actually contemplates the possibility that in that situation it would be prohibited to take the money from them. Because by doing so, you're facilitating their sinning. So listen, buddy, nobody can take any of your money. You know, either do tshuva, because you can't buy your way into, into heaven. Because nobody's accept your money. Maybe he would do tshuva, but now that he can buy his way into heaven, he's not doing tshuva, he's just trying to buy his way into heaven. So um, he actually contemplates that you would, you would be considered a lift naiver, you're facilitating a veira by accepting his donation. Um, which, if you know some people like that, you can understand that he's not so, he's not so far off. Um, and that is, maybe our generation, not so much anymore. Um, some of the laws of how to build a shul, so interestingly enough, which we don't really, you know, we sort of fallen, fallen away. The laws of the shul has to be built, built in the highest place in the city. It's supposed to be the highest building in the city. And if somebody else would actually build a house which is higher than the shul, the law is you could, we can force him to actually knock off that part of his house. Does that mean the base or the top? Top. So the top has to be taller than every other structure in right. the city. But it could, the base could actually be on a lower point. It just it reaches up very high. Right. So if you want to build a skyscraper, possible. right? <laughs> you can build, build a skyscraper in the valley, right? Then it'll be this, the top of the skyscraper will be an eye level with your shul. That's fine. But if the top of your, uh, if the skyscraper is right next to the shul and it's dwarfing your shul, you got a problem. Now, in Europe, that wasn't. It became the salah became irrelevant because they lived amongst the goyim and they had no power to maintain the height of the shul over that of what the goyim were doing. The question is, why don't we have this in Eretz Yisrael? Mm-hmm. Um, you would have uh, this reality of I mean, there's a shul in every corner. So mm-hmm. now what? Um, which shul do you measure it by? So it seems to be whatever reason that the this halacha is, is not enforced anymore, um, and the person actually grapple with why not? <laughs> why isn't this um, okay? In regards to the, there is an Indian of, of hitter mitzvah that the, the shul should be built as beautifully as possible. I remember I had an interesting, just interesting uh, emotion about it. I was in Chicago. I'm going to say this like 1981, and there is a a uh, there is a school there called the College of Judaic Studies. They also have a museum. Um, so, the, so I went. To, I went down to the museum. And I was there to visit. And they had various different artifacts of different shuls uh, all, over, all over the world. And there's some really beautiful things. And just like this tremendous emotion of you see how much the Jews want to beautify their shul. Uh, we were in the, last summer. We were in the Israel Museum last summer, two summers ago, a year and a half ago. Um, we were in the Israel Museum, and the same thing. They have this. They have these shuls all over the world. They're gorgeous. They made these beautiful shuls. Chayisol makes beautiful. They, 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 we do it, so we do it in a beautiful way. Um, the Rebbe says there's no actual architectural plan of how you're supposed to build the shul. But if, that being said, if a person starts taking the the plans, the way they build. Um, the other religions build their, their temples, that's already problematic. He says they're doing it in order to be like them. So he quotes the Pasuk and Hashem, the Pasuk says, 
So they forgot the one who created them and they built the temples. So that's, uh, that's the simple reading over there without referring to the temples for Venezuela. So you shouldn't change the meaning. Uh, that being said, what defines building it like they build it? So again, the question is his point is if, if you're doing it, that's the reason why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. So a famous question which comes up is the, the Ramos says that the bima is supposed to be placed in the middle of the shore. Mm-hmm. Bam, it's supposed to be placed by Amso. Um, now, so the person can say that it means in the middle, it doesn't mean it posts to the side. You can put it to the side if that works out better. It means it's posted up in the front. So, in the time of the Chassam Sefer already, the, uh, part of the, 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 the people who, were, who were, were reforming Judaism, they wanted to look like the, the uh, non-Jewish churches, which they have their, their bima equivalent, their altar, whatever it is, up in the front. So they wanted to move the beam up to the front. So some Sefer wrote a very long, you know, responded very strongly against that. Maria Saab, the Maramashik, all of these people were fighting the war against reform. That would be, you know, doing it to be like the Goyim, would go into Isurim, etc. And so you can't do that. But in terms of like stained glass windows and vaulted ceilings and that kind of stuff. That yeah, there doesn't seem to be that, that, that that's, you know... If, if the goal is that it should look beautiful, it should look beautiful. If you feel that this is a, something which is beautiful, you haven't seen it there, but if the goal is you want to be like the Goyim, like there's no mile of having the front versus the middle, just because the ball will be more like... give it more of a temple feel. That's a problem. If you did build it like that, so the, the Marsham says it doesn't make it also to enter into, uh, assuming that everything else is is being done over there according to halacha. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a question about the, the correct way to build the uh, place where the chazan stands. Uh, there's a Malkin Rama says that you, you should play, it should be lower because the, the more talks about Yorid Lefnei the person who will go down to where to, the Shleif Sibra would go to Yorid Lefnei so apparently the place where the chazan stood was lower. Interestingly, there's a Beis Yosef. That's in, that's a Morgan of Rome and Hilchus Tefillah. Talked about the chazan going down. So um, he says that they would make it lower. Is that because of a Malakim Chasichasem? Because of a Malakim, yeah. Um, there's a Beis Yosef who says that because the, when the, the there were different steps in the process. And they would go up the bima they dealt with. It was a raised bima. That's why I called it a bima. So it was a raised platform. So the chazan would come down off of the bima for 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 Shvanesri, You're not supposed to stand in a high place for Shvanesri. So you went down back down to the regular floor. He says that's why it's called yard. That yard. It doesn't mean that he went lower. He just went back to the regular floor off of the bima, which was raised. What was he doing on the bima, though? Because the parashal shema was done on, done on the bima, the iser of uh, the iser of standing high, a place of shmonesrei. So that's how the, the base yosef explains that. Wow. So uh, it's interesting, like you know, yeah, it's a fair shikum or you're on the Everyone knows that, you know. Why does everybody do it? Because the base yosef has a different understanding of of, of the, the proper place to place the chazan. So where can the chazan stand? So Rosh has an interesting shul where he says, you know, our minigas, the chazan stands by the omen. Can we move the chazan to stand by the bima? Um, so, so people have raised the question that that's you know. 
that's not the Jewish way of doing it, etc. So Marsha has a, has a tshuva where he says that that's not that's not correct. Actually, you see from back from the time of the Rishonim, actually that's where the Chazan stood. As long as the place was dal four amos by four amos, so Chazan it's not considered too small a place for a person to stand for Shmonas, right? And he would stand there, um, and uh, at some point after the Rishonim, it was actually moved. That the omen became a different place, and that's why we don't have a specific place to put the omen. You'll see some shuls that have it in front of the oran, to the right of the oran, to the left of the oran, because there's no specific place to put it. It's not discussed in Allah where to put the omen. Mm-hmm. Um, but he says, but since the, the, since that became the minute nowadays, you shouldn't uh, you shouldn't change it unless there's a need. So if you have a lot, the, the, the question which he was dealing with was that two shuls had merged, and now. Because it was a much larger crowd, it was was, was very difficult to hear the chaz unless the chaz stood on the raised bima which they had in the middle of the shul that allowed them to be heard better by the whole tzibur. So Marshall says that's a valid need, so that would be that would be valid to do that. Why does and this might be separate? But why does why does the chaz say about the bima for kabbal shabbos? The reason why the chaz says for kabbal shabbos actually is the opposite, because historically um, kabbal shabbos is not. Part of Tefillah, it was it was added in the time of the um, like the, the fifteen the fifteen hundreds in Svas etc. You know the the, the Balakapola the Rizal etc. In the fourteen hundreds introduced this idea of saying especially for Pitzchan on Shabbos. It started spreading, but in order to indicate that it was not part of the regular Tefillah, they were not daven by the regular Omid. They were daven, were daven not by the regular Omid. Now that the regular Omid had moved to the front, so he would daven would stand somewhere else, and and then when time came time for Mar, he would go back to the Omid and daven by the Omid, which was the real place to daven. That's why we actually daven Kabbalah Shabbos not in the regular place. Which according to Moshe is interesting because really it was the regular place; it became not the regular place. Um, you're supposed to have windows in the shul. Uh, specifically windows facing towards where the, the people in the middle of davening the law is the person should keep should not look outwards um, but if a person feels he needs like a boost to his Yerushimayim so he looks up to the heaven that helps him get a boost so you should have windows available there's also a, 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 there's some Indian of having windows there it's brought down that it preferably should be tw- it should be 12 windows uh, Somewhere have the twelve windows end up somewhere connecting to the shvatim because there's twelve shvatim. That wasn't the reason why there's twelve windows. It's a pikabola. There's supposed to be twelve windows, not because of the twelve shvatim. That's in the base midrash or the entire shul. For shul is multiple rooms. No, it means in the, it means in the place you're davening. Okay. The shul preferably should be facing in the direction that you're going to be davening. You should put the oran kodesh in that direction. Uh, therefore, people can when not get into the quandary to face to the oran versus facing towards Yerushalayim. So depending where you are, if you're north of Yerushalayim, you would put the oran on the wall facing south because you're supposed to be davening south. If you'd be to the if you'd be to the east Yerushalayim, you put on the western wall. If you'd be where we are, you put on the eastern wall. So we should should set up the Bir the Mishnah in two places discusses when you have this conflict where they didn't do that and the oran is facing in a different direction than Mizrach. Should you daven towards the oran? You should daven towards Mizrach. Um, interestingly enough, the Mishabura seems to say that you should daven towards Mizrach, not towards the Oren. But you can't daven in such a way that your back is to the Oren. So you can never put the Oren on the, on the west wall. You know, you have either north or south, you know, and then you, you should still daven towards Mizrach. You should try and be mitzad in such a way that it doesn't look like you're totally ignoring the Oren. 
Okay, now when you face it towards Mizruch, it should be it should be faced in such a way that it's not directly towards the sunrise. Because you're not supposed to dive directly towards the minig of the going when they were diving towards the rising of the sun. It should be a little bit off from direct east, so therefore it'd be more towards that based on where the sun will be midday. This is the east direction of east because the sun moves through the sky, and, you know, in such a way that you would measure your definition of east based on where the sun is in the middle of the, middle of the day. Well, depending on the season, the sun. Is, yeah. Yes, yeah. So, that's a good question. Um, that's a very good question. I don't have a good answer to that question. That's what it says in Alacha. How you play the lemaisa? The, the the truth is that um, that the circle of the sun in midday it's a question of higher or lower in the sky but generally it's either going to go like this around the horizon or like this around the horizon but you get to that point right? so it's, it's either here or there but it's basically in the same it's in the same same vis-a-vis the directions of north, east and south it's basically the same it's a question is it further lower closer to the horizon or not um, okay um well, when the sun's at its zenith, you're essentially going to be facing south, or exactly 90 degrees off of the east. What is right? this? By the time the sun's at its peak in the sky... Right, so you don't, you don't face towards that. You're right, exactly. You, mean, uh, you take that and you measure east based on that. Which okay, you measure off. east based on I got it. Right. So you're 90 degrees off of that point. Right. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. It says that we set up... There's, there is actually brought down a local idea of having <laughs> the Canaan sit on the Mizrach. It says that the Tzadik should sit on the right... The, you put him on the right of the Oren Kurdish. So... Um, the, so by us, we put the Rashiva on the right, put the Rav on the right. Um, um, so she'll put the Rav on the left. That's a different issue. <laughs> okay. Um, it's not Makiv. So the question was where were these Sakadim sitting? Were they sitting with their back towards the Oren Kurdish? So that's not proper either. They were sitting on the Mizrahban to the side of it. So it's not going to be called having their back um, towards um there's one shul that I know, which which the shul is not facing east. Um, but this Canaan had figured out a way when they sit, sit on the front that they could face towards the Oren Kurdish and they're facing east. We put the Oren Kurdish toward, on the north side, so you're sitting on the front. So if the Oren Kurdish is towards north. So instead of diving towards that way, you dive towards Oren Kurdish. Yeah, Kurdish is sticking out. So you're you're facing east. Mm-hmm. So. That's why there's some people who daven in that, in that section who are not necessarily the Canaan, but just it's a, it's a better place to daven. You should not put up types of pictures and type of things in the shul, in the shul because they're a they're going to be distracting, and b it shouldn't look like you're bowing down towards these pictures of animals, people, whatever it might be. Um, even putting up sukkim and tefillahs, preferably on the walls, is an issue. Writing it on the walls itself, because they would have to paint the walls eventually. You'd have problems with the lochas of, of uh, painting over something as equivalent of, of erasing it, etc. Planting trees in the shul. Um, there's a passage which talks about that. In the basic mikdash, it was, it was an issue. Um, Last point over here. This interesting person wants to put it. He wants to donate something to the show. He wants to put his name on it. It's actually the law is that the there is Azaria which says you're supposed to be my first mitzvah. You're supposed to publicize the person who does a mitzvah. She actually put the name not of who you would put it in honor of, but the name of the person who gave it. It's more important the name of the person who gave it than the person that is in honor of. So, okay, let's hold it here. Oh, yeah.